The Chicago Bears offense has been a little low energy at training camp, but Justin Fields knows it's on him to raise the level for everybody else. You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. You can follow me on Twitter at CoxSports1. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at LockedOnBears. You can like LockedOnBears on Facebook. Join the LockedOnBears Facebook group for even more Bears talk. And make sure you hit that subscribe button on the Lockdown Bears YouTube channel to keep up with all of our video podcasts as well. If you want more exclusive Chicago Bears content and analysis, you can join the Locked On Bears subtext group as well for all 22 film breakdowns, advanced charting data, and more. Join subtext.com slash Locked On Bears. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And on the show today, we'll check in on... The Bears' energy levels, particularly a difference between offense and defense in that regard, where Justin Fields' responsibility falls in that and what he's trying to do to pick things back up offensively. We'll also look at Chase Claypool in that context, one of the guys on offense that has been bringing the energy, and I think that refutes some of the speculation or reporting, however you want to describe what we heard about Chase Claypool this offseason, but we'll kind of check in on how he's fitting in with the offense. And we'll wrap up with the injury news of Wednesday, Tevin Jenkins, an injury on the offensive line and his replacement, a name that we weren't expecting to be plugging in even with the starters at left guard as an injury replacement. But I want to start with the offensive energy because we're about a week now, a little over a week into training camp practices, and just on the first couple of days with pads. And already, we're getting some concerns that, you know, the offense, this for this practice in particular, but maybe lingering from other practices too, just hasn't quite had the juice out there. Quite hasn't been super fired up, and we saw them struggle on Wednesday. As a result, the defense kind of won that day in particular. And it's just a little of a early kind of training camp concern when, you know, you've got this Young offense with all these exciting new pieces, second year in Luke Getze's system, everybody's getting comfortable and everything should be a nice acceleration, you know, takeoff ramp runway is the word I was looking for there forward. And, you know, guys, maybe not getting super fired up about it. Maybe just kind of not that they're jogging and walking through practice per se, but just not really getting into it for their teammates. While the defense on the other end seems to be pretty fired up and having fun with every play that they're making. So some of that, I think, falls on offensive leadership to kind of step up here and, and get things going. But some of that's just the personality of the guys on the roster. But I thought Darnell Mooney did a good job of sort of explaining how that works and how they might start to go about getting some energy going again. Now, as an offense collectively, how do you create that energy and that juice that you're talking about without making it artificial? Um, I think it starts, one, with, with the quarterback. I mean, he has to come in the huddle, bring confidence in the huddle, and uh, understand that – it's just just with him, Justin is a calm guy, so he has to he has to understand that um that he is our 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 leader and our guy. So we go as far as he goes, and he has to come in with that juice, and he does. He does come in. Sometimes he's just so locked in and so so dialed into what he's doing. He has to like sometimes click in, click in, and like hey, I gotta get my eyes jumping. That's why sometimes I'll come up to him just 
hit him in the back of the head or jump him to him. I try to get him like not so locked in, so he understand like, hey, we gotta, we we looking at you to see how far we can go. So, and um, him being a young guy, I mean, it, it's it is what it is. He this is his team, but some, but he he understand that he has to he has to bring the juice every day. Did he talk to you guys after practice? How would yeah. you describe the, the tone and, and what his message was? There? His I mean, his message was, hey man, we gotta we gotta bring it every day. Like he said, the defense. The defense brings it every day, the energy, um, and we're just flat. Like we have, we have to have fun. You have to have the, have to have serious seriousness and know how to have fun as well. Even if it's just a little play, even if it's like uh, Chase had a, a good crack block today, and like I don't think there was many guys that were jumping up and like excited about that. Like that's a good thing. Like we have to have that. Take advantage of everything that we have, um, even like the little things. But um, I mean he 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 lets us know when. When he's pissed off and when he's like happy about practice for sure. As Darnell Mooney alluded to there, Justin Fields kind of addressed the team after practice and pointed out like, hey guys, like that was not good enough. Need to have better energy in there for the team as as they try and match some of the defensive energy that they're seeing on the other side. And, and Fields acknowledging that a lot of that starts with him too, right? And needing to be a, a part of that process and not, not shirking any sort of, you know, blame or credit in that regard. But one of the things Justin Fields talked about separately was that, you know, the defense has been out there doing some trash talking too. And like, he's feeling like, you know, as the offense can try and match that a little bit more, they can start to find some of that juice in that regard. Like Mooney talked about there, like when Chase Claypool makes a nice crack, black, crack back block that guys should get fired up about that. You know, his teammates should be right there cheering him on and really having fun with it and not just treating it like kind of a run-of-the-mill practice play. And that's a great opportunity, a great opportunity too, to, to get a little smack talk in there. If, if Chase Claypool lights somebody up, get in his face. Tell him that you lit somebody up. You know, it's not like they're starting trouble per se because the defense already was starting that. I mean, Demarcus Walker has been vocal in that regard. Eddie Jackson, Jaquan Brisker, a little bit of the Edmonds and Edwards in that linebacker as well, Justin Jones. Like, they've got vocal, energetic guys on defense that are making sure that unit is having fun. And like Mooney said, like the offense needs to make sure that they're having fun too. I think, you know, it's not that they're uninterested. Like you said, I think they're just so dialed in, right? They're so focused on doing their job correctly and learning and growing this offense and really being locked in and just absolute like play by play focus. And you have to remember sometimes too in football that like, yes, you got to be focused and do your responsibilities. It's also a game and you also play better when you're fast and loose and having fun. I think this is part of the development process for Justin Fields as a leader, you know, as a young player in the league and still trying to learn how to navigate these things and navigate the personalities on your roster and trying to get the most out of everybody and have some fun with it. Like I'm not, it's not really something to be like long-term concerned about, but it is an interesting check in on how that process is going for this offense as a whole, especially with the contrast to the defense on the other side of the ball. There is one guy on offense, though, that does have that energy that I think can be harnessed a little bit more. And it's also a double-edged sword when it comes to Chase Claypool in particular. We'll check in on him, his energy, and how he's applying that in this Chicago Bears offense next on Locked on Bears. The Locked on Bears podcast is brought to you by our friends at LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs, because LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. So many people are on LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn. You may be on LinkedIn. Certainly people you know and people you work with are definitely on LinkedIn. 
LinkedIn. So it's a great pool of qualified candidates. And then LinkedIn provides simple tools like screening questions that make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus the leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Chase Claypool has the potential to be sort of an energetic and emotional engine for this Chicago Bears offense if they're able to harness it correctly. Because when we were talking about Justin Fields and, and Mooney there and energy, I started thinking about this, and it's something I've been thinking about in the past when it comes to the coaching staff, but it, it applies to the players too. This this Bears team as a whole, like the identity and just like the energy, especially on offense, is a lot of even keel, kind of low-key guys. Guys who don't seem to have particularly big emotional swings. Guys who emotions t- tend to stay in check, right? There aren't very many players on this Bears offense in particular that you would expect you know, to get into a big blow up after the whistle on a play, you know, certainly they'll defend their teammates, but like, you know, to get into a a fight on the field or to just kind of have a sort of an emotional overload of a guy just being particularly angry or particularly celebratory or particularly any kind of emotion. It's a very even keeled team at Iberflus, not super emotional in in a lot of ways. Luke Getze, very kind of monotone, even keeled, doesn't take big swings. Defensive coordinator Alan Williams as well. Not a huge emotional swing guy, but you know, like like Darnell Mooney said, Justin Fields is very even keeled, kind of cool, calm, comfortable. Uh, the other wide receivers, DJ Moore and Darnell Mooney, we both we've heard from them this offseason. Like they're kind of quieter, chill dudes that don't get at least super visually and noticeably vocal and energetic and fired up. Khalil Herbert in the backfield, we talked about yesterday and some of his mentality stuff. Cole Komet. You know, kind of an average dude. Seems just like one of the dudes, you know, one of the bros just just hanging out. And a lot of guys in this offensive line, too. Like, you know, Cody Whitehair is more of a lead-by-example guy, but he is the leader up there. Braxton Jones a little bit calmer on the offensive line. Darnell Wright a little bit more of, like, a gentle giant feeling with those two guys. Like, Tevin Jenkins, I think, is the one that can can get a little bit of mean streak on him on the field. But even he has a certain calmness to him. I think Darnell Wright has a mean streak in him, too. But that's a lot of guys across the board there that are just not rah-rah high energy, dynamic personality type players. They're all just kind of even keel, which I think is generally a good thing. They're not going to respond too negatively to adversity happening in a game. You know, they're not going to get too high or too low and let that affect their performance. They're going to be more consistently through and through. But the one guy who might be an exception to that is Chase Claypool. Darnell Mooney had talked about in a separate clip about Claypool being kind of a hothead. Honestly, a guy who gets really fired up about plays. And, and Darnell Mooney talked about needing to even like calm him down sometimes and remind him like, Hey man, let it go. Not a big deal. I got your back. You know, we all got your back here, but no need to like linger on this or get anything out of control. Like, like Claypool wears his heart on his sleeve quite a bit and has that energy and gets fired up and really, you know, lets his emotions be a part of his performance. And I think that may be some of why we saw some of the decline in this, you know, or the sort of lack of production last year when things were going difficult for him and for the team, both with his injuries and the offense as a whole kind of struggling, but maybe also why 
we're starting to see him turn around a little bit more as everything improves around him. And I thought it was revelatory, something Claypool said recently, kind of talking about some of that journey for him and why things feel differently now in a few specific ways. Chase, in the, in the spring, Justin mentioned that he felt an attitude change from you for the better. How would you describe what changed for you from the end of last year to, to what he was describing? Yeah, I think once I started getting more comfortable in the system and around the guys and like, you know, I was able to be myself a little more. I wasn't so stressed. I was getting more sleep. Um, you know, I was able to help guys around me be, be the leader that, you know, I want to be. So I think it was just that's kind of played um, hand in hand with each other. I think by Claypool, like specifically mentioning there things like being less stressed out, right, and being able to sleep more implies that previously, like during last season, he was not sleeping well and was a lot more stressed. And I think speaks to some of the challenges and things that he was dealing with as part of the transition to the Bears that we don't know about and don't get to see and aren't isn't like really directly reported about how that's going. But now he can feel a little bit more like himself. He can fit with his teammates a little bit better, show a little bit more leadership in that regard. And I think if I'm Justin Fields, I need to find a way to harness that in this offense, right? Like Fields is still the leader, right? But you can go when, when Claypool makes a big crackback block, like Mooney had talked about, like prop that up, right? Use Claypool's energy as like your source of energy to then like spread to the rest of the team. Like knowing that there's a line and that, you know, you don't want it to get out of control, but like being able to like, when someone starts bringing the energy for you, gravitate to that, have that pull you up and then have everybody else be pulled up as a part of that conversation. Like have Claypool get fired up. And when Claypool gets fired up, let that fire everybody else up a bit more. Knowing that you can also still dial Claypool back a little bit, but like let him get going. That that then gets everybody else going. And then if Claypool's still going, you could dial him back a little bit while everyone else is sort of elevating up to Claypool's level. Like I think he's got some potential to be valuable for the Bears in that way because like again the number of other people on this roster that you think of as being you know emotional or, or fired up quite a bit it's just so few and so when you have it in someone like Claypool I think there's some real value there that the Bears can pull out and even if he's not you know your number one or number two receiver when he's on the field and makes those plays that that can go a long way for this group and I think that's part of this learning process through training camp of, of figuring out as a leader everyone's personalities, what you can pull from each, who you need to dial back down, who you need to dial up a little bit, how to push their buttons in the right way to get the energy out versus push, you know, not push their buttons in the wrong way and, and, you know, upset them or anything like that. So it's, it's a navigation of personalities there. And I think some of that's on the coaching staff as well to keep working through. Some of it is on Justin Fields to grow as a leader in that way. And I, I think there's real confidence there that it's going to come together and provide a nice balance for this group that's mostly even keeled, mostly going to be fine up and down through adversity, but can they draw on a few specific people to be a source of energy for them? I think that's a nice way to sort of spread that out, spread that responsibility out, and ultimately benefit everyone a little bit more in that process. So that's kind of where I think Claypool is starting to fit in and build some confidence through this process. It's, it's helped that He's been healthy throughout training camp up to this point and has been able to be on the practice field. That's going to go a long way for him getting up to speed. But slowly, the minor injuries are starting to pile up a little bit for your Chicago Bears at training camp. So we'll check in on a couple of injured offensive linemen and some changes in the depth chart there that I think were a little bit unexpected in response to those injuries next on Locked on Bears. The Locked On Bears podcast is brought to you by our new friends at Underdog Fantasy. 
August is here, and you know what that means, the official start of fantasy football drafting. You get championship ready for your home league by trying out best ball on underdog fantasy. Here's how it works. You do one live snake draft, and that's it. No waivers, no trades. Underdog sets your best lineup every week just based on the players you drafted. You can try it out with Underdog's Best Ball Mania Tournament. It's the largest fantasy football contest of all time. It's back and even bigger with literally $15 million of total prizes up for grabs, including an absurd $3 million going to the winner. Last year, the winner drafted his team in July, so there's no need to wait around. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the App Store and sign up with our promo code Locked On to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. That's Underdog Fantasy, promo code Locked On. The Chicago Bears have been fortunate to avoid major injuries at training camp practices so far, but some of the minor ones are, are increasing here slowly but surely. Like Jack Sanborn has been missing practice the last couple of days. The Bears aren't giving injury updates up to this point. Like if it's serious, they'll tell us it's serious. But otherwise, everyone is kind of day to day, week to week. And you just kind of will just we'll see how, how bad it might be. So uh, with Jack Sanborn out, we've seen Noah Sewell getting some extra run at linebacker and some other guys rotating in there on that process. But now the offensive line has had a few injuries, both at the guard position. Uh, Nate, Dave, Nate Davis, the new right guard, has missed a few days of practice with, again, some sort of unknown injury up to this point. And so in his place, kind of as expected, is Jatiree Carter, the seventh-round pick from a couple years ago, who's been you know a part of this team and kind of rotating as, a, as one of the top backup guards this year. But then yesterday, Tevin Jenkins left practice with an injury, walked off, worth noting, with the trainer, so it wasn't like he was carted off with something particularly major in that regard, but we don't know, again, the full severity or extent of that injury. And who comes in to fill in at left guard, but Alex Leatherwood. And that to me was a surprise. Leatherwood had been working in at guard and training camp practice, and he gets bumped up and gets to be with the starting offense at the left guard spot. We remember Leatherwood coming in from the Las Vegas Raiders last season was their first round pick just a couple of years ago. They cut him, they gave up on him. The Bears claimed him on waivers, which meant they claimed that his full rookie contract, first-round pick rookie contract salary because they believe in him as someone they can try and develop and get more out of on the offensive line. But throughout his time in Las Vegas, he had mostly played left and right tackle. Primarily right tackle seemed to be where he was fitting best. I think he played some right guard for them as well. Comes to Chicago. They played him a few games at right guard last season, or excuse me, at right tackle last season and clearly looked... Uh, Still very much a, a work in progress, I think is the kind way to put it. Definitely rough around the edges there. He did in week 18 pop over to left guard for a couple of snaps in that game. It was kind of that throwaway game at the end of the year where they were just trying a little bit of everything. And the Bears have kind of determined that's the spot they like him at this point. That's kind of the spot they're feeling pretty good about how he's settling in there. Not that he's really going to, you know, run away with the job and be a long-term starter there by any means just yet, but feeling like, you know, he's kind of been able to work at, at a few different spots and left guard feeling most confident. I think Luke Getze said he's played everywhere but center for them. And right now they're, they like where he's filling in at left guard. And I think that gives them some versatility to move guys around on this offensive line depth chart because they did just recently sign uh, Aviante Collins from the Dallas Cowboys. 
And he too has played, has I think played, started games even at left tackle, right tackle, left guard, and right guard. Like he's been kind of a Lucas Patrick of sorts in his career. And so it gives them some real flexibility to move guys around here on the depth chart. And I think we know like Jatiri Carter, probably pretty clear your backup right guard filling in for Nate Davis. We now know Alex Leatherwood filling in for Tevin Jenkins at left guard. But like Aviante Collins could be your backup left tackle or right tackle. And I think Larry Borum certainly could be either spot. I think those two on the depth chart are fairly interchangeable, competing for that number three swing tackle role. I don't know exactly how they're going to space that out. And if you don't think they could keep both of them or if, you know, if this could be a real challenge to Borum's roster spot, I certainly think Borum gets the, uh, the early head start there, given how much longer he's been a part of the organization. But, you know, those guys can, can play both tackle spots. Both guys have played guard before as well. Larry Borum played a little bit of right guard last season. And like I said, Aviante Collins has played guard before in the NFL. So like both of your swing tackles can both play guard. You've got Alex Leatherwood, who's formerly a tackle, who's now playing guard. And then, you know, Jatire Carter is probably more of a guard at this point. But Lucas Patrick can play guard or center and I think has played some tackle before in his career. So you really do have some versatility there. Dieter Eiselman has played guard and center before. You got a lot of different guys on this offensive line, particularly on the depth chart, like at the backups, that can plug into a lot of different spots. So it does become a little bit more difficult to like formalize an actual depth chart in that regard because guys are playing multiple spots. Guys can play multiple spots. And when you start to think about a 53-man roster, like if you've got versatile guys, you, you don't have to keep as many then as a result. Like if you think Borum or Collins could play either tackle or guard, you probably keep only one of those two guys. And if you feel like Leatherwood can play tackle or guard, and those might be your two primary backup offensive linemen, plus a backup center like Lucas Patrick that can play any of the interior spots at a decently high level. And maybe then there's no spot for Jatir Carter this year. Or maybe, you know, a guy like Larry Borum ultimately ends up on the outside and, you know, no longer a part of the long-term vision here with this team because he wasn't a Ryan Poles draft pick either. So I think it gives them some nice flexibility. And it's certainly, you know, offensive line injuries and injuries in general are an inevitability in the NFL. Guys are going to get hurt. Very, you don't see nowadays, you don't get too many players that play all 17 games in an 18-week season. And so you're, you might have to have games where guys are going to plug in on the offensive line. And you feel like, okay, if your left tackle gets hurt, you could plug in Collins, Borum, or Leatherwood. You got three options that could play left tackle. Or, or right. If either of your tackles get hurt, you could plug in Borum, Collins, or Leatherwood. You got three options there. If either of your guards get hurt in the regular season, you could plug in Leatherwood, Borum, Collins, or Patrick, or or Carter. You have five guys who could play backup guard spots. And as far as like center goes, Lucas Patrick is kind of your go-to backup center. They got Doug Kramer. They got Dieter Iceland, although I don't think either of those guys are likely to make the 53-man roster. But it does feel good that like they're not relying on, okay, they just have one guy who can only play right tackle as a backup. So if your left tackle gets hurt, you're a little bit screwed and moving different guys around. You have versatility in your backups, and that allows you to maybe keep fewer offensive linemen total on your 53-man roster, but also, you know, really test guys out and put them in the best positions to be successful, like Alex Leatherwood finding himself at left guard and maybe finding that to be more of a sustainable long-term home for him at that spot compared to what he was struggling with a little bit at the offensive tackle spots. And I don't want to spend too much time talking backup offensive line, but Leatherwood was such an investment in a high-profile acquisition last year. It's been interesting to keep tabs on where he ends up. And certainly the loss of... Jenkins and Davis to injury are not something I'm concerned about for the regular season, assuming they both are back with non-serious injuries within a reasonable amount of time. But, you know, just good to keep tabs on who's healthy, who's out there, and ultimately who's not. You can be sure 
any and all big Bears injury updates will break down for you right here on the Locked On Bears podcast. So make sure you hit that subscribe button on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. That's going to be the best way to keep up with all of our daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. If you want even more Bears analysis, you got to join our subtext group. The URL is joinsubtext.com slash locked on bears. It's an SMS text messaging service that gets you access into exclusive Chicago Bears analysis from me. We're doing all 22 film breakdowns. I have a full library of the Bears all 22 games from last season, all 17 games of the all 22 film complete library available for subscribers only. Uh, data charting Justin Fields against certain coverages, charting uh DJ Moore and Darnell Mooney's routes run, the run concepts for Khalil Herbert and Dante Foreman, Bears defensive coverages, how they did in different coverages last season against their opponents, and so many more goodies. Join subtext.com slash Bears. It's $4.99 a month for some exclusive stuff, totally separate from the podcast, totally uniquely exclusively available to subtext group members. Podcast will still be here for you for free five days a week. I believe tomorrow... We should have Robert Schmidt from the Bears blog joining us for the podcast unless something goes wrong with their scheduling or there's another big Bears story. We might we might end up saving Robert for Monday because I do want to talk a little bit more about Justin Fields. Perhaps tomorrow we'll, we'll see exactly what the timeline is there. But more Bears news and analysis coming your way. So you got to be subscribed so you come back and get your next opportunity to bear down.